the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. Take a minute, one more time, if you would, share this broadcast. I'm going to jump into something that I had never seen before. Before last night, the Lord was speaking to me as I was preaching. And I saw something that I had never seen before in the Word of God. But last night, we started to teach on the power of your confession or your words. And and I'm going to deal with this in this broadcast a strategy that you've got to set in motion or start to use before 2020 even begins. And we have about, you know, a month and a quarter, month and a third left of this year. And uh, you have plenty of time to get involved with this and to set this strategy in motion for your family, your life, your ministry, whatever it is that you're doing. And I want to show this to you today, but I started teaching yesterday in the night service on how when the Holy Spirit fills you, now think about this, When Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit, he was filled with the breath of God. When Adam was made a living being, at the very beginning of time, God formed him out of the dust of the earth, but he wasn't alive yet. God did one more thing to bring Adam to life. What did he do? The Bible says he breathed the breath of life into Adam. He breathed the breath of life into Adam. And when he did, he became a living being. Scholars tell us that that breath that the Bible is speaking about, the pneuma in the Greek, uh, ruach in the Hebrew, that breath is the wind of the Holy Spirit. That's why when you go to Bible school, they uh, and we even have it in Miracle Word University, a class called pneumatology. That's the study of the Holy Spirit. The word pneuma, though, does not mean Holy Spirit, nor does it really mean spirit. It means literally breath or wind. It means breath or wind. And so really, it's the study of the breath of God, the wind of the Holy Spirit. And when God breathed the breath of life into Adam, he became a living being. Adam literally was the first Holy Ghost-filled man. In, In fact, that's a very interesting point to make because it shows you that from the beginning of time, God's original intent for his creation was that they be filled with the Holy Spirit. And Adam was the first Holy Spirit-filled man. God breathed the Holy Spirit into Adam's body, and he became a living being. When Jesus was baptized in the Jordan River by John, came up out of the water, the heavens opened. And the Bible says the Holy Spirit descended like a dove upon him, and the breath of God filled Jesus, who for 30 years performed no miracles on the earth as he lived. But then for the last three and one-third years, he became a miracle machine. What happened? What changed between the first 30 years and the last three and a third? He got filled with the Holy Spirit. The breath of God came into Jesus. And then notice what happened when he called his disciples. You know what the Bible says that he did? He breathed upon them. Jesus breathed upon his disciples. What was he doing? Releasing the breath of God onto and into his disciples and said, be ye filled with the Holy Spirit. And so the breath of God came into them. But then think about what happened 
on the day of Pentecost, the very first time that in mass, the church was filled with the Holy Spirit. What's the first thing we saw? The Bible says, and they heard a sound from heaven, like a rushing mighty wind. What was that rushing mighty wind? It was the pneuma. It was the breath of God. God was breathing his breath again. You compare that to the very beginning of time. God was raising up a new race in the earth. It was the human race. And Adam was being brought to life as a human being. And it took the breath of God to make him alive. But now, on the day of Pentecost, see, maybe you've never seen this. This will stir your spirit up. God was raising up a second race on the earth. What was the race that he was raising up on the day of Pentecost? The new creations. Those that were new creatures in Christ Jesus. In fact, would it blow your mind if I were to tell you that God did not create everything that was created in the six days of creation at the beginning of time? He saved one creation for thousands of years later. And when Jesus was resurrected and he ascended into heaven, God finished his creation process when he created the new creation. That's every one of us that have received Jesus Christ. If any man be in Christ Jesus, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away and behold, all things have become new. The new creation was God's final creation. The new creation, that's you and that is, that is me. And so understand when we got filled with the Holy Spirit, this is so important to get this. When we got filled with the Holy Spirit, we were filled with the breath of God. Now, here's what's so powerful, is that God spoke about his own words in Isaiah 55. And you know the verse of scripture. He said, when my words go out or leave my mouth, they don't ever return to me empty or void, but they always accomplish what I send them to do and they prosper in the thing whereunto I've sent them. So God's word carries his power. That's because God is his word. He is his word. And we know that because John chapter one tells us in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And so God is his word. So when he speaks, it's just like him leaving his own mouth and going to the situation he's speaking to. That's why God's words cannot return empty or void. It's because he is his word. So when he arrives at the thing that he's speaking to, what situation is going to tell God no? What demon is going to tell God no? What devil is going to reject his command? He is the almighty God. And when he speaks, he's releasing himself to that situation. That's why when Jesus spoke a word to the centurion's servant, Matthew chapter 8, the Bible says from that same hour, the servant was made whole. He didn't even have to travel there or lay his hands on the servant, anoint him with oil, give him a prayer cloth. He just spoke the word only and the word, which is God, traveled to where the servant was and made him whole. That's why Jesus could stand outside of Lazarus' tomb. Think about this, man. Jesus could stand outside of Lazarus' tomb and speak the word, Lazarus, come forth. And notice, a dead, decomposing man had to come running out of the grave. Why? Because God's word, which is God, ran into the tomb and shook that dead man back to life.
shook that dead man back to life. Now, I want to show you something. Uh, the reason we know this is true is because I always use this analogy because it helps people to understand that if you were to take your hand and put it in front of your mouth and say the word power, you can feel that word coming out onto your hand. The reason you can feel it when you say it, power, you can feel it, is because it is impossible to speak without releasing your breath. That's why the more we speak, the more we have to take breaths, because the more we're speaking, the more breath is leaving our lungs, and we need more breath in order to continue to speak. And so when we say those words, anything we say, breath has to be released in order to speak. So understand when you get filled with the Holy Ghost and when you begin to speak the mighty word of God, you are literally, just as Jesus was doing and God himself does, you are releasing the breath of God into any situation. Hallelujah. In fact, I want you, those of you that are watching, I want you right now to put this in the comments section. When I speak, I'm releasing the breath of God. When I speak, I'm releasing the breath of God. Put it in the comments section today. When I speak, I'm releasing the breath of God. That is the case. That is exactly why it's so important to speak what God said and not what man is saying, not what the news is saying, not what the government is saying. Speak what God has said and you can never be wrong. Pop it in the comments. When I speak, I'm releasing the breath of God. When I speak, thank you. That's it, Jackie. When I, when I speak, I'm releasing the breath of God. It's important to catch this. And so then the Lord took me somewhere that I'd never seen before uh, to something that I had never even preached, let alone seen in the gospel of John. And uh, I want to look at the gospel of John. We'll start by looking at uh, verse 10 or chapter 10. And uh, let's look at verse 18. Gospel of John chapter 10, verse 18. And uh, this is so, man, when I show you this, this stirred me up last night. I had never seen this before, but um, this is so powerful. Jesus is speaking about his own death, burial, and resurrection before it ever happens. But notice what he says here. I'm going to read you John 10, 18. Listen to this. He said, no one takes it. And he's speaking about his life. No one takes my life. No one takes my life from me, but I lay it down of my own accord and I have authority to lay it down and I have authority to take it up again. This charge have I received from my father. And so as you're writing that and continue to write it, continue to write it. When I speak, I'm releasing the breath of God. When I speak, I'm releasing the breath of God. Jesus said here, no one can take my life. So, so remember this for the rest of your life. The Jews didn't murder Jesus. The Jews did not murder Jesus. You can't murder Jesus. It's impossible. You know, they tried to murder Jesus multiple times while he was on the earth. They picked up stones to stone him. Not one stone hit his body. Hallelujah. A mob of men ran him up to the edge of a cliff overlooking the city with the desire to push him off and let him plummet to his death at the bottom. And the Bible says, and he passed right through the crowd. They tried many times to murder Jesus. You can't murder the master. You can't murder the master. The Jews did not murder Jesus. The Jews did not kill Jesus. 
Jesus himself said in John 10, 18, nobody can take my life from me. Nobody. You can't murder the master. In fact, if you've already written, when I speak, I'm releasing the breath of God, put that in the comments. You cannot murder the master. Amen. You cannot murder the master. He's, he's untouchable. You can't kill him. The only, I mean, I want you to think about how powerful this is. The only reason they were even able to go through with the crucifixion process is because Jesus, Jesus himself said, I'm going to stay quiet through this entire trial. And the Bible says he stayed silent. You know why? Because if he'd have started speaking and releasing the breath of God, it would have been so powerful that they would not have been able to overtake him. And he proved this point in the Garden of Gethsemane. If you've ever read the story, you'll know that Jesus proved that they didn't have power to just take him. That when he went with them, he was willingly going with the guards. How did he prove the point? When they showed up to take him away, what did Jesus say? He said, who are you looking for? Who are you seeking? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. And Jesus said, I am he. Hallelujah. I am he. And when he said, I am he, every single one of the guards fell back onto their backs. He blasted them <laughs> with one word from his mouth. I am he. Boom. Said it and every single guard fell back. Didn't matter that they had swords. Didn't matter shields or spears. It has nothing to do with the power that's in his mouth. You can't murder the master. And so when he said, I am he, I could get into this teaching. He wasn't just saying, I'm Jesus of Nazareth. If you look in your Bible, in some of those translations, it'll be capital I, capital A, capital M, lowercase he. He added by the translators for context, what Jesus really said was, I am. And it was the same thing God told Moses to tell Pharaoh. Who should I tell them sent me? Tell them I am that I am has sent you. God, Jesus was not just revealing or answering a question asked by the guards. He was revealing his true nature in the garden of Gethsemane. And when they said, who are you looking for? He said, I am. And the power of him revealing his identity knocked every one of them on their backs. Every single one of them. I am. What he was showing them was, you can't touch me unless I let you touch me. You can't take me unless I let you take me. I've got more power than all of you combined in my word. In my word. And the Bible says Jesus stayed silent through the entire trial so that, you know why he did that? He loved you and he loved me so much that he knew crucifixion had to take place. It had to take place. And so he said, I'm going to stay silent so that they can actually continue on with this crucifixion process so that I can redeem the world of sin. Because the, the Bible even tells us that at any moment, Jesus could have spoken and called down 10,000 angels that would have delivered him. But he didn't. He stayed silent. Stayed silent. Why? He was filled with the breath of God. And when you speak with the breath of God, things have to change. And anytime you speak with the breath of God... Things have to change. But notice what Jesus did. He said, nobody can take my life from me. This is John 10, 18. He said, I willingly lay it down and I have the power to take it back up again. I'm laying it down and I will take it back up. I've received this charge from my heavenly father. So Jesus carried the power. Now, I want to show you how he did it. 
Go in the same book, Gospel of John, go back now to uh, John chapter 2. John chapter 2, you've got to see this. This is going to change you, and this is going to set you up for the greatest year you've ever seen. 2020 will be the greatest year we've ever seen by the power of God. <laughs> Hallelujah. I feel the anointing on this. And you're going to see this. This is what Jesus did to ensure that he had victory through this entire process. So John 10, 18, he tells why. And then in John 2, he actually does it. Later explaining why and how. But look at this. This is so powerful. Jesus knew that his own confession, his own power of his words were creating a reality in his future. Creating reality in his future. So notice what he does. He's prophesying. This is prophecy coming out of Jesus' mouth. He begins to prophesy to his future before his death, burial, or resurrection ever came. Look at John 2. And uh, this is what, of course, you know the story of him going into the temple, clearing the temple, flipping the tables, beating the men out with a homemade whip. And verse 17 says, And his disciples remembered that it was written, Zeal for your house will consume me. Now go to verse 18. And the Jews said to him, What sign do you show us for doing these things? And Jesus answered them. This is so important. Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. <laughs> and the Jews uh, then said, well, it's taken 46 years to build this temple, and you're going to raise it up in three days? But he was speaking, verse 21, about the temple of his body. Verse 22, and when therefore he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this, and they believed the scripture and the word that Jesus had spoken. He wasn't talking about the temple building, Herod's temple. He was speaking about his own body, the temple of the Holy Ghost. He said, tear down this temple, and in three days I will raise it back up again. Now this is so powerful because I want you to see what Jesus was doing. Jesus was prophesying to his own future. He was prophesying to his own future because God does everything by a word. God does everything by a word. He created this world by a word. He created everything you see by a word. In fact, the Bible says everything you see proceeded from the mouth of God. Without the Holy Spirit, without Christ, nothing that was made was made. You read that in John chapter one. Jesus was prophesying to his own future. And he said, I will raise this temple up again in three days. That's prophecy. That means you can't kill me and leave me dead. I will lay my life down and in three days, I will take it back up again. Hallelujah. So catch this now. Now that Jesus is crucified, he gives up the ghost. Notice they didn't take his spirit from him. He gave it up into your hands, Father, I commit my spirit and gave up the ghost. <laughs> and then they buried him in a tomb. And for three days, he was in that tomb. But notice what happened. The Lord showed me this last night. You guys got to catch this today. Jesus' own confession almost looked like a boomerang. He sent it out, and it came back to perform in his own life. Either he caught up with his word, or his word caught up with him. But 
He spoke that in John chapter two, in three days, I will raise it back up again. Now he's in the tomb, three days, day one, he's dead. Day two, he's dead. Day three, his word comes back to him. And the Bible says that the Holy Spirit of God, now we've already established, who is the Holy Spirit? The breath of God, the wind of God. We know that. The breath of God, the pneuma. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit came into that tomb on the third day and literally grabbed Christ's body, quickened it, and raised it from death unto life. But notice this, the Spirit was there waiting for him because he'd already released it from his mouth days or months before. You think about this. The moment Jesus said, in three days, I will raise it back up again. That word left his mouth and went into his future and sat there waiting for him. Sat there waiting for him. <laughs> and by the time that the third day showed up, the word he had spoken in his past was now in his present and it was getting ready to raise him back up again. And the Bible says, if that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, Romans 8, 11, then he will quicken your mortal body. Hallelujah. He will quicken. So that, that whole thing had a boomerang effect. Jesus shot that word out into the future and that thing was coming back to touch his own body. And by the time he got where he was going, his word, his confession provided the answer for what God called him to do. And this is where I'm getting in for you guys today, is that 2020, this is the strategy that I'm encouraging you to employ before 2020 even begins. It's why we're pulling out Vision 2020 on the 27th. It's why we're going to have that, uh, it's why we're going to have that prayer service together. It's why I want you to email me whatever it is you're believing God for. It's why we're believing and we're going to pray and declare and confess that these things are coming to pass and they're quickly coming to pass in Jesus' mighty name. And so what we're going to do is we're going to send word into our future. And this is the strategy that I'm going to have you begin to uh, uh, employ before the new year ever starts. If you've been following the ministry, you'll know that uh, the Lord had me speak in Washington, Pennsylvania in the month of August, that God was going to give us the final four months of the year as an on-ramp into 2020, September, October, November, December, that God was going to use those four months as an on-ramp for us to build momentum, build strength, build purpose, and run in to what he has planned for the new year. That you don't have to wait till you get to March to finally build up steam and be full blast in 2020. But by the time we hit January 1, we will be full speed, full speed in what God's called us to do. And this is part of that. This is built right into that word God gave us. Now the Lord is showing us by his word one of the major ways this functions, and that is by the power of your own faith confession. The power, I want you to write this in the comments, the power of my faith confession changes my future. The power of my faith confession changes my future. The power of my faith confession changes my future. Put it in the comments today. This is going to be our method that by faith and by God's word, 
We're going to change the future. And so 2020, we don't take life as it comes. We don't sit back and say, well, you know, that's how life is. You know, sometimes life does that to you. Sometimes life will deal you lemons. You know, sometimes you just got to learn how to make lemonade with the lemons that life deals you. Life is not a person. Life is not an entity. Life is not alive. Life is you may, what you make it by your seeds, by your confession, by your obedience, by your faithfulness. Thank you for watching from Haiti. God bless you. God bless you for watching. The power of my faith confession, the power of my faith confession changes my future. That's right. Pop it in the comments section. Wherever you're watching from, Periscope, YouTube, Facebook, the power of my faith confession changes my future. It changes my future. So I, I'm telling you today, this is what I'm declaring to you and your family. 2020, I don't care how it looks for anybody else. I don't care how it ends up for anybody else. It's not going to end up randomly for you or for me. 2020 will not be random for you or for me. In Jesus' name, 2020 will not be a random year for you or for me. I refuse to let things happen randomly. My future will happen on purpose. My future will happen on purpose. And it happens, the purpose that it's going to happen on is based on my faithfulness, my obedience, my ability to gain the instructions of God and obey them. It's going to be based upon what I say in faith that lines up with God's holy written word. I'm going to speak that thing out of my mouth. Listen, if you don't have this, we've made this available to you. Uh, prayer points, that many of them are confessions that are linked with scriptures from the word of God to, that you can use to kickstart your prayer time and your confession time and believe God literally for uh, these things to come to pass. And if you don't have these yet, you can go to our app. If you don't have our app, it's available in the Google Play Store or the Apple uh, App Store and just search Miracle Word and you'll see our app. In the app, we have a hundred prayer points that you can download onto your phone, tablet, laptop, whatever, and keep them with you and believe God as you're praying. It's connected to scripture and it's faith confessions and prayers you can pray. What are we doing? Changing the future from the present. I'm changing my future from my present. I'm sending words into my future. Catch this. I'm sending words into my future that are seeds. Now, here's the truth about it. Every word that you release is a seed that has the power to perform in your future. Every word that you release is a seed that has the power to perform in your future. Every word, hallelujah. You can put that in the comments today, if you would, by faith. This is an understanding we must gain in this generation. Every word that I release is a seed that must perform. It has the power. Every seed produces a harvest. What? And here's the question. What kind of harvests are people producing in their future? You know, when you just start to speak whatever you've heard growing up, or, or the colloquialisms of your region. You know, what I mean. I'm going to give you an example of what I mean. Here in West Virginia, amen, 
It will not be a random year. Here in West Virginia, I grew up, and uh, there's just certain things that we say. People say it growing up. It's just part of the culture, part of the colloquialism that we have here. And, um, you know, you'll, you'll hear somebody say, well, how you doing? And somebody say, well, I'm hanging in there. You know, that, that's very common. Well, I'm hanging in there. That's, that's a Southern phrase. You know, a lot of people in the South will say something like that or something along those lines. Well, I'm living. I'm hanging in there. Well, we making it, you know. And I always, that would always scrape against my faith because what kind of a person who is saved and filled with the Holy Ghost would say truthfully about their own life. How are you doing? Well, I'm hanging in there. What in the world does that mean? I thought the Bible said that we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. I thought the Bible said, thanks be unto God who always gives us the victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. 1 Corinthians 15, 57. We are more than conquerors. More than conquerors. So how can I confess over my life that I'm hanging in there? Well, buddy, I'm getting by. We live in a... You know, how can we confess things like that when the truth is I'm an overcomer? I am more than a conqueror. I cannot be defeated. Amen. I am victorious. Now, it doesn't mean that every time somebody asks you how you're doing, you have to go off on a tirade of... Uh, yeah, that's right, Terry. You can just say that quickly. I'm blessed and highly favored. And that's not a cliche. I am blessed and I am highly favored. But it doesn't mean you have to un uh, unleash, you know, a torrent of every Christian cliche you've ever heard. You know, how you doing? I'm blessed. How I'm, I'm too blessed to be distressed. I'm under the spout where the glory comes out. I mean, you don't have to say every single thing you've ever heard at a charismatic conference. But what, I, what, what I'm saying is that you come out with a, how about at least this? Let's just come out with an answer. That is, number one, accurate to the scripture, something that lines up with God's word. Amen. <laughs> My grandfather, who always had one-liners, man, he had, <laughs> had one-liners for everything. And my, uh, love you, John, God bless you. And uh, my, my, <laughs> my, uh, my grandfather used to say, he'd say, well, how, how are you doing? How are you? He'd say, if I was doing any better, I'd be dangerous. <laughs> My grandfather used to say, uh, he used to say, uh, uh, I'm trying to remember how he would say it. I, mean, I might have to get my dad to remind me. He said, I, 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 he would finish it by saying, I feel better all over more than anywhere else. <laughs> I feel better all over more than anywhere else. If I was doing any better, I'd be dangerous. Amen. And I'm telling you, it, it might sound funny, but come up with something. That lines up with God's word. I'm more than a conqueror. How you doing? Wonderful. I mean, even if that's the, you know, even if that's the, the, the response that you give, that's mainly what I say most of the time. People, how are you doing? Wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. Never been better. I've never been better than this. How do I know that I've never been better than this? Because I believe the word of God, which teaches never ending increase, which means whether I can see it or not, whether I can see it or not, I am obviously doing better today than I was doing yesterday. Obviously. You know why? Living in a place of never-ending increase. And some things are incremental, you know, and I know God has explosive increase, but it's like, um, let me give you an example. Some people are so closely related to their own life that they can't see the increase that's happening. And a good analogy of that would be, uh, now that we're coming into the holiday season, many people travel back to see their family members in other states that they live far from. And when they bring their kids back to their family, 
the family all freaks out. Oh my goodness, look how big you've gotten. Look how big you, look how big you are. It, 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 to the person who hasn't seen them in a while, it looks like a, a massive increase. But to the person who lives with that child every day, it doesn't look like anything's changed. Well, it looks the same to me. But if that, you know, that's why many people, if they're looking at their kids' growth charts on the wall, many people on a door frame or whatever, they'll take a pencil with a ruler and mark, you know, <clears throat> six years old, my son was this tall, nine years old, he's this tall. And through the years, you can see the growth of your children. And if you're too closely related, the devil could actually convince you and trick you into believing you're not seeing the increase that God said you're seeing. You say, well, doesn't, nothing looks different to me. Nothing looks different to me. And the problem is you're too closely relating to your life. Look back. I mean, give yourself a good reference point. Look back. I like how uh, anything online that gives you analytics, let's say, for example, Google Analytics, you know, if you have ever used that, it allows you to compare the current statistics to the same things a year ago. So you can see where you were a year ago based on today and look at the graph. And the graph for now is way up here. Last year was way down here. Why? It's showing you, because even though it may look small and incremental, God's increasing you every single day. And, and don't ever listen, well, it doesn't look like anything's different from yesterday. It is different. Increase is upon your life. And you continue to speak it. You continue to confess it. And don't let your mouth or your confession get off of it. In fact, that's interesting to me. I'll finish with this before we pray. The book of Joshua, chapter 1 and verse 8. This is a scripture that you should know by heart. The Bible says, God's speaking to Joshua here. He said, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. Notice how he started that. That's so vital to me. This book of the law shall not depart from where? Not your heart, not your mind, from your mouth. You see that? I want you, in fact, I want you to write this in the comments because this is so, so vital. Write it this way. Write it this way. My faith will never leave my mouth. What does that mean? It means that you will always be speaking your faith. Always be speaking your faith. My faith will never leave my mouth. It means that I'll never allow doubt to enter my mouth. It, allows, it means that I'll never let fear enter my mouth. But my, my faith will cont continually. It's like how uh, Charles Capps back in the day wrote a book in, entitled, There's a Miracle in Your Mouth. And the same is still true today. There is a miracle in your mouth. There is a miracle in your mouth. I will never. And that's why God spoke to Joshua and literally said, my, he said, take this book of the law. Remember at the time, that's the only word of God that they had. That's the only, only word of God that they had was the, was the Pentateuch. That's it. The, 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 the books of Moses, that's all they had. But God said, take my word and don't let it depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night. So that you may be careful to do according to all that's written in it. Then, watch this now. Watch this. Then you will make your way prosperous. Who will? You will. Catch this. This is so powerful. Because God's not saying that if you'll do this, I'll make your way prosperous. He said if you'll do this, you'll make your own way prosperous. And you'll have good success. God empowers you. That's why the Bible says in Deuteronomy 18, 8, 18, you'll remember the Lord your God, for it is he that gives you power to get wealth. He is giving you power. He is giving you the ability, the efficiency, and the might to gain and get and accrue and accomplish. 
That's given to you. And, and Joshua here tells us how it's possible. What God said to Joshua, don't let this word depart from your mouth. And so this is the strategy we're using for 2020 is that right now, beginning today, November the 18th, 2019, beginning now, we're declaring. What are we declaring? My 2020 is going to be filled with surprise blessings. My 2020 is going to be filled with fruitfulness. I will produce more than I ever have before in the year 2020. I will be more blessed in 2020 than in any other year of my life and in more than multiple years combined. 2020 is going to take off for me and my family. 2020 is going to be a year of never-ending increase. 2020 is going to blow my natural mind as I see what God does in my life and in my family in this new year. 2020 is going to be a year that I walk in divine health and healing. 2020, I will have no sicknesses or diseases in my body. They are ejected from my body by the power of the Holy Ghost in the year 2020. And I will walk in the goodness of God. Any financial struggle that I've had in the past will now be ejected from my life in the year 2020 as I'm faithful to tithe and to give and to sow an increase is coming upon my finances that will be so evident that it will cause people's minds to be blown as they see what God did. When I get to December 31st, 2020, I will look back over the year and be amazed at what God accomplished in my life, ministry, and family in one year. It will blow my mind to see what God has done in one year. What are we doing? Putting faith confessions in our mouth regarding this new year. What's going to happen? The same thing that took place with Jesus Christ as he prophesied into his future. We are prophesying into our future. We are prophesying into our future. The moment you make confessions of faith about what's coming to pass, you are prophesying into your future. And you don't ever have to wonder whether or not it's okay to do that or whether or not God's going to do that because he always has a desire to do these things for his children. He always has a desire to see you healed. He always has a desire to see you blessed financially. He always desires to see you in peace and joy, not depression and anxiety. He always has that desire. So as you're confessing this, then you are lining your words up with God's desire and his word. And then it gives the power of God room in your life to work and to function. Do you realize there are so many people that actually talk themselves out of their own miracles and out of their own manifestations. Their own confessions of doubt and unbelief keep them from receiving what God wants to do in their life. Don't allow the seeds coming out of your mouth to be the wrong seeds. Don't allow it to take place where the things that you're confessing are destroying your future instead of building your future. Back in the, the day when I was a youth pastor, I used to t t talk to my young people about this power of confession, and I would make a word picture so it was very easy for them to pick up. And I'd say, you change your words. I said, you have this ability now. Watch. You can either speak yourself into a suite at the Ritz-Carlton, or you can speak yourself into a truck stop bathroom. There are many outcomes available to your life 
But you, you decide and choose by your faith, by your obedience, your faithfulness, and your confession where you're headed. You create the seeds that are bringing in the harvest. The seed always produces the harvest. The same is true for those of you watching today. 2020 is going to be a year. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to release this. I'm going to put something out that I can send to you that is going to be a, a confession sheet for 2020 that you can put on your uh, fridge, in your bathroom, in your car, on your phone, whatever. I'm going to put it together as a confession sheet with scripture included that's going to give you something to confess that we can all come into unity and begin to confess it over our year. 2020 is going to be a year of extreme favor. It's going to be a year of increased and enhanced harvest in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We're not going to go backwards. We're moving forward. We're not going to decrease. We're going to increase by the power of the Holy Ghost in the year 2020. And it is going to be supernatural. I want to pray for those of you that are watching right now and ask the Lord that he would fill you with faith. I mean, that's why I'm doing these teachings every day that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But I want to ask God that he would activate the gift of faith. It's a gift of the spirit in your heart and in your life to begin to speak things. It, it may be stuff. It may be stuff that you've never seen in your previous generations of your family. Grandmother never had it that good. Grandfather never saw that took place. Even your parents may not have stepped into this, but you will in Jesus' name. And your kids will in Jesus' name. So let's pray. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, for every person watching this live or on the replay, I pray that the gift of faith will explode in their heart as they begin to speak and prophesy to their future. That from this day forward, things are moving forward for them in the Holy Ghost. That by the time we hit January 1, we are going to run in full momentum in what you've called us to do. You'll do more for us in one year than we've had done in multiple years by our faith and by our faithfulness. And so, Father, I pray that you'd give us a boldness to speak, to speak, hallelujah, to speak the word of God and to prophesy by faith over the future. And we will see what we say come to pass. We will see what we say come to pass in the mighty name of Jesus. I thank you and I give you praise in Jesus' name. Now, those of you that are watching, I want you to write it in the comments section. I will see what I say come to pass. That's our final confession for today. I will see what I say come to pass. I will see what I say come to pass. Hallelujah. Pop it in the comments. If you have to do it in all caps, do it in all caps. I will see what I say come to pass. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I will see what I say come to pass. Glory to God. Glory to God. That's it. That's it. I will see what I say come to pass. Thank you, Jesus. Amen, Jerry. Amen, Angela. Amen, Nicole. Amen, Amanda. Amen, Millie. Hallelujah. I will see it. Amen, Benjamin. What's up, Ben? That's right. Amen, Shanda. I will see what I say come to pass. That's it, Joseph, Kathy, Kayla. Is it Bella Porte? Amen. You will see what you say come to pass. That's it. Declare it, Millie. Yes, Lynn. We will. We'll see it. Hallelujah. And we'll see it quickly. We'll see it quickly. That's what we're praying before June ends. All of our prayers will be answered. 
Every goal will be met. Everything we're believing for will come to pass. That's it, Naomi. Yes, Bonnie. Hallelujah. Do it, Joseph. Go outside, run around, take a lap in the Holy Ghost. Hey, Gail, that's it. That's right. It will come to pass. That's it, John. Naomi, in Jesus, we will see it quickly. Samson, declare it. Nick, say it. Angela, in Jesus' name, it will come to pass quickly. 2020 is going to blow the minds of natural men and women when they see what God is doing. Thank you, Jesus. Amen, Dale. Amen. Praise God. Listen, I want to encourage you. Sow a seed for 2020. Take a step of faith. Maybe you haven't done this before on the broadcast or you haven't taken a moment to sow a seed of faith. I want to encourage you to sow a financial seed today. Those of you on Periscope, Facebook, you can put hashtag donate in the comment section and the amount that you'd like to give and sow a seed right here on Facebook or Periscope. Those of you watching on YouTube or all of you that are watching, you can also go to miracleword.com and you can sow a seed right on the give page, or if you'd like to partner with us at what we're asking people to do, Carol and I have prayed for this. God send us at least a thousand people that would partner at a minimum of $85 a month. That's a thousand dollars a year to stand with us, to see the things of God come to pass in this generation. You can go to miracleword.com. If you like to use PayPal or cash app, you can do that as well. Uh, For PayPal, it's info at miracleword.com. And by the way, let me just say this quickly. We have a new cash tag for Cash App. We have a brand new cash tag for Cash App. If you'd like to use, and Letty, I don't know if you're watching. Letty uses it often. Uh, Letty, if you're watching, those of you that are watching, the new cash tag, and we'll have it on the lower third for tomorrow, is MWGIVE. M as in miracle, W as in word, the word give. MWGIVE. If you like to use the Cash App, that's how you can use it. Search MWGIVE. And you can give on the Cash App as well. For every person that's sowing at least $85 a month this month, we're going to send you that series of four plus hours of teaching, Why Are Christians Sick and Suffering and How You Can Be Free. And it's four hours of teaching on how you can walk in the power of divine healing. And then we take the time to cover how you can operate in the power of miracles in your own life that you can lay hands on others, how you can step out in faith and see miracles at the works of your own hands by the power of God. So every person that's giving this month, the month of November, we're going to be sending you that album of four hours of teaching. Why are Christians sick? Do you know it's like one of the number uh, one questions we get on the road? Well, if God's so good, why are Christians sick? So I took four hours plus to teach on why Christians go through that and battle sickness and suffering. And I want you to have it. So every person that's sowing this month, we're going to send that to you just as a thank you to say thanks for standing with us and believing God for the best things that this generation has ever seen in the power of the Holy Ghost. Samson said, when should I send my request for 2020? Send it today. Send it as soon as it's ready and email it to info at miracleword.com. Those of you that are are writing me with the vision that you have for 2020 that God's given you, we need it as soon as possible because the breakthrough service, the prayer service, is this coming Wednesday, uh, not this week, but next week, the day before Thanksgiving, the 27th of November at 10.30 a.m., we're having a breakthrough prayer uh, service, and we're going to believe God with you that these things are quickly coming to pass, and I'm looking forward to it, and uh, it's powerful. All week, we're here in West Virginia at Calvary Temple Assembly of God. I want to see you guys. If you're close, 
drive in, be a part of these meetings. We've already had people drive in from Ohio, Pennsylvania, and uh, we want to encourage you to come as well. Every night, 7 p.m., Monday through Friday, we're at Calvary Temple. All the details are at miracleword.com, and you can get the address, everything you need to get their directions, times, and we want to see you. It's going to be great. I want to say thank you to every person that's sowing seeds today. We love you. Carolyn and I appreciate you. We pray for you. Thanks for standing with us and, uh, and uh, not only just sowing, but praying and believing God that the greatest days that this generation has ever seen are quickly coming to pass. Hallelujah. And so I'll be back again tomorrow. I'm not sure if it's tomorrow or the next day. My wife's going to be with me, hopefully multiple days. Uh, she's going to come in this week, and we're going we're gonna to be teaching together. It's going to be a great week. I love you guys so much, and uh, I appreciate you joining me. If you didn't get a chance to do this yet, finally, before we go off the air, share the broadcast with somebody on your uh, Facebook, Periscope, Twitter, uh, YouTube. This is something people need to hear in the body of Christ, that there's a word that's in your mouth that's traveling into your future that's creating the harvest you're going to walk into, and it's what we're going to see take place in Jesus' name. I love you guys so much. Have a powerful Monday, and I'll see you again tonight at 7, tomorrow morning at 10.30. Love you guys. God bless you. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.